You're listening to Hope for Today Church Podcast. We're so glad that you're joining in this virtual space. We believe that as you listen, Jesus will minister to you right where you are. So open up your mind and your heart to what the Word would say to you today. Thank you for joining us. And remember, Jesus is our hope for today. Wow, today, what a celebration, you know. It's, um, it's kind of surreal to stand here and be celebrating two years. Um, if you were to ask me, you know, a few years ago, let alone several months before a few years ago, would I have told you this is what would occur on this day in June? No. But I'll tell you right now, I couldn't imagine being part of any other church family in the world. I mean that. I could get a call from, it doesn't matter, big or small, could be down to a sunny state of Florida. No way. No, I'm serious. No way. No way. You know, I lived in BC even for a time and the mountains were glorious and they were beautiful, but I was like, take me back to the country roads of Norfolk County, right? Amen. (laughs) I'm going to invite you um, to open your Bibles. We're not going to turn there quite yet, but we're going to get to Scripture. But, you know, today, uh, as we celebrate two years, we have much to be thankful for individually and as a church family. And, And it's good to celebrate, isn't it? We celebrate different things. You know, I recently was celebrating my 38th birthday I believe I'm 38 now, 38, 39, I don't know. And it's good to celebrate. Thank you for everyone who wished me a happy birthday. (laughs) Um, But as we celebrate today, you're going to have an opportunity a little bit uh, later in today's uh, time together to share what HFT means to you. And if you feel comfortable to even share briefly how the collective whole has impacted you what HFT has meant to you, and how the whole has impacted you. But first, as we celebrate today, it's good to reflect on everything that has occurred up to this point in time, because then that way we can collectively celebrate the benchmarks that have occurred. Benchmarks are important. Benchmark is defined as this, a standard or point of reference against which may be compared. A standard of reference that can be compared. We use these benchmarks in various aspects of our lives. One of the easiest ones is when you're on a physical fitness journey and you're looking in the mirror and you're looking at the changes. You're seeing the benchmarks. You're looking at the scale. You're seeing the benchmark. It doesn't lie. Benchmarks happen in our lives. And for a little bit of background and for reference sake, regarding HFT, hope for today, it's good as we celebrate to start at the beginning. You know, September of 2021, I was working in another local church, and, you know, I became aware of a dream that was seated in my heart. And I'm going to refer to my notes just for sake of time. And there was this stirring, and I was considering planting a church because this honestly came out of nowhere, like came out of left field. And I continued to pray into it and praying that God's will and good plan and purpose would be realized for for myself, but most importantly for my family. What was God's perfect will and design in all of this? Was this stirring just something because I was stir-crazy? 
Or was it something that God was birthing and calling me to? And, you know, it's amazing as you pray and as you, you lean into the, the work of God in your life, things start to align. Things truly start to align. By April of 2021, I was unexpectedly issued my first pink slip. And it was due to a financial fallout, you know, impacts of COVID. We all know what went on. And, and so this pink slip, in a way, became a benchmark event, one I will never forget. And as, as difficult as, as it was and wrong in other aspects, I soon came to understand and embrace that God was working all things together for my good and that of my family, but most importantly, to his glory. And you see, this pink slip served as a launch pad for what I knew was next. Remember, back in September, there was this stirring, this planted seed of a plant, planting a church. And I wrote here in my notes, sometimes we encounter difficult things, even unexpected things, in order to be a setup for God's next assignment. Difficult things, unexpected things, and you've all been there. You know, there are times and there are seasons, the scripture says, nothing is new under the sun. And in fact, the apostle Paul tells his, his young ministers, he says, to be prepared in and out of season, no matter what you face. You know, we may not always comprehend the timing, but we can nonetheless see God's plan at work concerning all of us. If you really step back for a moment, today I was trying to take the opportunity as I've begun, um, begun my new um, ritual, I guess you would call it, of sipping my coffee in the morning as I'm preparing for the afternoon. I'm thinking back and reflecting, how did we get here? It's wonderful. Couldn't imagine doing anything else. In fact, Ron Gregg this week, and Ron, I hope it's okay I share this. I can share this? Yeah. He, uh, he wrote me this week and was just encouraging me and just speaking into, into my life um, with a solid word of, of prayer and uh, thanking the Lord for how he had ministered to me and, and seeing this come to fruition and birthing uh, the church plan in my heart. And he started praying and speaking to my life about the next steps and, and vision and, and where we're heading. And I, I tremendously appreciate that because I'm excited. And in the natural, in the flesh, you can easily get disappointed when you don't have as many people in a gathering, but it's not about that, is it? No. You are all here for a purpose. You are all here today and those watching online who can't be here. You're part of hope for today to bring hope into your world wherever you are. Planting, beginning this work with many of you, it was about not starting a, or creating a job for myself or remaining in a field of occupation. It was about being obedient and passionate to the call. And I wrote this as another takeaway for us today before we get into the meat of the message. The only way to live at peace, and I put this in big, bold print because I'm preaching to myself, is to find nourishment and joy in fulfilling what God has called you to do. You can only find true nourishment in doing what God has called you to do. Didn't, didn't someone say something like that? I think Jesus said when they were trying to feed him, Lord, eat something. You're going to run yourself ragged, eat something. He says, I have food that you know not of, but my nourishment comes from doing the will of the Father who sent me. And so we planted this church. 
It wasn't meant to mirror other churches. There's many good expressions of local churches in the area, but there was this strong conviction, just so we're all on the same page, that we can appreciate this benchmark together, a strong conviction to foster a faithful church community of where reverence, praise, and love for God can be realized. The outflow in all we do, where probably most importantly, life transformation is possible. Hope is realized, joy is expressed, and a freedom of worshipful reverence is alive in the place. With spirit-filled believers who are about discipling others. Does that resonate with you? And the truth is, when this began, not all churches, it is a sad reality, not all churches desire to proclaim and teach the whole counsel of the word of God. Not all desire to live for the truth in the world, as we know. And not all believe, especially the spiritual gifts are for all believers or for today. And hope for today encompasses, endeavors to encompass these truths. And so to sum up these benchmarks, to make a long story short, many factors came into alignment that only God could orchestrate. The fact that we're meeting here today, think about this for a moment, we are meeting in the United Church, part of the churches of the United Church of Canada. I encourage you to look online and see what that represents. But how amazing, only God could orchestrate it, that a pastor would call and open the doors to a fellowship such as, our, such as ourselves out of the blue. And for him to say, I couldn't sleep all week because I believe the Holy Spirit was leading me to invite you here. And so on June 27, 2021, we held our first service. Two months after I was issued my pink slip. On that service, 76 people were in attendance, including many of you who wanted to not only visit and celebrate with us, but who believed were being called to be part of establishing the foundation of this church assembly. And of that, of that number, 42 have formed our core, and of that 42, seven now serve on our board of leaders or elders. They're Brad Johnson, Graham Fife, Stephen Taylor, Mary Pierce, Marilyn White, John Pierce, and Jim Beamish. And so when you think about these things, there's benchmarks to celebrate. And I have a few other things, but I want to get to the meat of the message. Other things that uh, happened where we were able to incorporate and get our covering so we could, you know, issue our own receding. And all those things had to come into play, and we didn't face any hiccups. Wonderful, wonderful time. And so today, as you are sitting here today, you represent the faithful core. You represent the faithful core. And so I'm hoping that I can just share a few words uh, to inspire you here this morning from the word of God that's so fittingly so to share with you the importance of celebrating these benchmarks as a church family. So rec recognizing benchmarks in scripture. Scripture is filled with many examples of significant events. If you were to read through the pages of the Bible right now, if I was to, you know, go through and I'm trying to think of the word, I'm lost for words right now, like who wants to be a millionaire and you, you prompt the audience, so to speak, 
and you would, you would call someone and ask them a question, what would you say was a significant event that you read about in scripture? Perhaps you would say the deliverance of the Israelites from Egypt. Perhaps you would say the dedication of Solomon's temple. You would more than likely say the finished works of Jesus Christ on the cross for me at Calvary. All these different benchmarks, the fact that we are united with him and we experience new resurrection life shows us and reminds us of his faithfulness, his grace, and inspire us to celebrate our own spiritual growth. And so point number one is this. Growth is never easy, but leads to life transformation. Growth is never easy, but leads to life transformation. This is hard, especially when it's not something that's desired. It's a wonderful byproduct, however, Scripture shows us of this relationship with Jesus as a spirit-living God indwells us. He quickens us to passionately and reverently walk in obedience before him in all of our ways, even when we don't feel like it. This is probably even the most challenging time. Each one of us, if you were to think about it for a moment, we share a common milestone that we're all a living example of life transformation. It's like the, one of the songs you sing, like Amazing Grace, as an example. We were once one way, lost, but now found. If you were able to put your life story into a time capsule and open it up, you know, from long back to today, and open it and look and see what God has done in your life, you would be amazed. This is what the benefits of journaling can do for you. When you journal, you can see how God spoke and how those things have been fulfilled in your life. So I wrote down here, one of these milestones in our life that we collectively share is baptism. Baptism, not only by faith, confession with our mouth that we're saved, but water baptism, this, this wonderful event that symbolizes our union with Christ, which means our, our identification with his death and his resurrection. Romans 6.3 says this, are you unaware that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too may walk in newness of life. I love the end of that piece. Walk in newness of life. We are meant to not be the same. When you come to faith in Jesus, the, the act of being immersed in water, being baptized, actually means something. We're changed. We're not the same. We're becoming and being regenerated. That's what spiritual formation truly is. We're becoming more like Jesus day by day. We're becoming less like we once were and our former self and more walking in step with our new self. In fact, the things of the world become disgusting in many respects to us when it doesn't fall into the plan of God for our life. And when we embrace this baptism, we've all been there. It becomes this milestone of, in the journey of our faith, reminding us of where God has brought us to. You know, we, we have cake. You know, I don't know what happened at your baptism ex experience, but at mine, we had cake at the church, and it was a great time. And I remember in that baptism, on the same day I went up and I was dunked underwater by Pastor Dave, a couple other young men just ran up, spur of the moment, and jumped in the tank also. 
and were baptized. And truly their life was never the same. It's meant to change you and fully immerse you. Another area, another milestone as we're considering milestones today is the Lord's Supper. It actually meant for us to take communion today. Um, but when you wear multiple hats, I forgot to bring the emblems. Okay. So we're going to virtually consider that this afternoon. The Lord's Supper. You know, Jesus told his followers, do this whenever you gather together. I know sometimes that can be difficult just logistically, but it's about what it represents. This benchmark reminds us of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, but his covenant relationship with us today. He's no longer postured on that cross. He nailed all the passions of disease and death there, and he rose again. Contrary to a lot of images you see today, you go around, to, and I understand some imageries and cemeteries and stuff so showing what he accomplished, but he's not on the cross. He's not crucified daily, as we told in Hebrews and other parts of Scripture. He died once and for all and is now alive and well on his throne interceding on our behalf. And I can't recall where it is in Hebrews because I'm preaching from the hip now, but it says that he intercedes daily for us and is faithful to save all who come to God through him. He tells us in Luke twenty-two nineteen. 19, look at this milestone. He says in Luke twenty-two nineteen, 19, and he took bread, gave thanks, and he broke it. Something's about to happen to this bread. It's about to be transformed. You just imagine for a moment that just the sound. <laughs> and he gave it to them. This, this gift of transformation. And he said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup after supper and said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. You ever thought, when he mentions, do this in remembrance of me, he's speaking to this active invitation. You're part of this. It's not just muscle memory, but you are actively engaging what he has done, that he, we're united with him through baptism, we're united with him through his death and resurrection, and we can truly experience new life. And as we partake of this sacred act, which simply means connecting with God, we celebrate all that he's done for us. Perhaps one of your favorite verses, maybe when you wake up each day, maybe you even read this very verse. Ephesians 1, 7 through 8 says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, that he richly poured out on us with all wisdom and understanding. Romans 3.23, for all the sin and fallen short of the glory of God, they are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. This redemption, this gift can come by no one else. That's why when we confess, confess, Jesus is our hope for today. We truly believe, like it says in Acts 4.12, that there's no other name under heaven given by which we must be saved. For therefore, we cannot partner with any other association that believes that all roads lead to heaven because they don't. In fact, they're great detours of the enemy that lead to a bottomless pit. 
But there's only one road. He says the straight and narrow way that leads to life. But the great thing is it's not a dreadful thing for us who are in Christ. We're on that narrow road because of what he's accomplished. Look at these milestones. The fact that you believe, you've been baptized in a union with him that cannot be taken away from you. The enemy tries, but he can't steal it from you. We celebrate through the Lord's Supper. These are all milestones of faith. Collectively and individually, we celebrate. Whenever anyone comes to faith in the Lord, we rejoice as the angels do. And that's something in my spirit talking about next steps. You know, what does the future hold? We need to get serious and passionate about disciple making, seeing people baptized. We gotta get serious. <laughs> I'm, I'm preaching to myself. Start thinking, as we said before, start thinking about the one. Who is the one person on your heart the Lord would have you lead to Christ? Who's that one? Who's that one? Point number five is this. These moments that we experience in our life, these benchmarks remind us of God's faithfulness and his desire to lead us to greater spiritual heights. You know, he uses all of our life events. He uses all of them uh, to lead us to encourage one another. And I really appreciate the, these words that Peter wrote to the believers when they were being strung up by Emperor Nero, like jack-o'-lanterns in the Colosseum, when they were being persecuted and being hunted and running for their lives. Peter wrote these very words in 1 Peter 2, 7, 9. He says, so honor will come to you who believe, but for the unbelieving, the stone that the builders rejected, this one has become the cornerstone and a stone to stumble over, a rock to trip over. He's talking about Jesus. And they stumble because they disobeyed the word. They were destined for this. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his possession, so you may proclaim the praises of the one who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. If you stop for a moment to think where God has brought you from, you can see the evidence of these benchmarks all around you. You can see the evidence of Christ at work all through your life. You know, when we read the account, the stories of the people of God, whether it's Abraham on Mount Moriah and seeing the faithfulness of God so he didn't have to sacrifice his son, or perhaps the Israelites crossing, you know, not one, but two rivers safely. One, fleeing from the Egyptians to freedom, but then crossing the river Jordan into the promised land. And what's significant about the crossing over the River Jordan is they went from a wandering people to an established nation in the promised land. And now because we have faith in Christ, we've been grafted in that family, we've been grafted into that heritage that says that we are a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You know what that means? No other nation on this faith, face of this earth can measure up to what God has done. And we are part of his family. Thank you, Jesus. Transformation. Milestones. I invite you to turn to Mark chapter 9 for a moment. When I was thinking about benchmarks, 
I, I was trying to craft an illustration. And sometimes this can be a very effective uh, exercise as you ponder on scripture. But then as I was praying, this part of scripture came to mind. I believe it was the Holy Spirit reminding us, already showing us this depiction of a tremendous milestone in the life of Christ himself that encourages us here today. Mark 9, 1 says, And he said to them, Truly I tell you, and this is Jesus speaking, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God come in power. After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John and led them up on a high mountain by themselves to be alone. He was transfigured in front of them. And his clothes became dazzling, extremely white, as no launderer on earth could whiten them. And Elijah appeared with them and Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. If you just imagine this scene, talking with Jesus. And Peter said, Jesus, Rabbi, it's good for us to be here. Let us set up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. They're really excited. Because he did not know what to say since they were terrified. And a cloud appeared overshadowing them and a voice came from the cloud. If that wasn't already enough, a seeing Moses and Elijah. Then they heard this voice coming from the clouds. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. In fact, in my Bible it has an exclamation point. Listen to him. Don't tune him out. Don't miss what is happening here. Do not miss what is unveiling in front of your eyes. And it says, suddenly looking around, they saw no longer anyone with them except Jesus. He was transfigured right in front of them, whiter than white, that no launderer could ever accomplish on earth. And so what happened here? What was this benchmark that I'm trying to communicate to you here this afternoon? It is this, that this event revealed Jesus, his divine glory to Peter, James, and John, but also to us as he read that he is in fact this very son of God, who came in kingdom power, who represents kingdom power. So when he says, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it so that my father may be glorified. That means kingdom power is coming to your aid so that he would, you would be glorified, sorry, the heavenly father would be glorified and he would work all things together for your good in your life. Kingdom power, transfiguration, transformation. Anyone who says, I can come to Jesus, tuck it away as a security card, and nothing else is going to happen in my life, doesn't fully grasp and understand the truth of the gospel. Because it's transformational. And that's why the hope, the mission statement of hope for today is to lead people to the transformative hope of the gospel and to see them thrive in life through intentional discipleship and outreach. That's why we exist. And so just for a moment, I want to invite you to close your eyes, just to something a little different. And as you close the, your eyes, imagine this scene on the mountain. You've climbed this mountain all day. You're there with Christ. And as you're talking together, you've now witnessed this transformation. Like Peter, like James, like John, how would that experience impact your life? 
How would it impact your life? You'd be sitting there, perhaps you would fall prostrate and just humbly worshiping him. Perhaps you'd be like one who would jump up and down and just think, that's amazing. Jesus, you're so white. And as you continue to ponder this experience, you can see this incredible intimacy of transformation that occurs because you believe in Jesus. And this event, this story, as you're there, just as James and Peter declared, let's build tabernacles to commemorate what's happening. You every day, because you believe in Jesus, are able to establish an altar to the Lord wherever you are. You can take that mountain experience wherever you go. Open your eyes. <laughs> Everywhere you go, because guess why? We went through that experience, that exercise. You can't stay there. You can't live off of one moment. You're not supposed to. Peter, James, and John, they wanted to set up tabernacle. I'll tell you right now, they would have continually revisited and gone back to those tabernacles if they could have. They probably would have set up churches and everything there. And it would have became more about the mountain Right? But they remembered that experience and it served in many respects as a launch pad, realizing if God can do that, He who spoke over Him, He speaks into our life, anything is possible. So when someone asks me, you know, Pastor Andrew, is life transformation possible? Absolutely. I believe it 100%. Sometimes it can happen overnight. Sometimes it can take some time. And my wife can testify. She's not in here today. And I'm humbling myself. I can testify to say that I am a work in progress in my own life. We are all works in progress. Some of us in some things takes longer than others. But God is faithful. He's going to complete what he has begun. And so as we start to conclude here, Ephesians 5.19 says it's good to celebrate. In fact, when you come together, it says this in Ephesians 5.19, speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and singing and making music in your heart. Man, Brad, if I could actually remember how to play the keys, I'd probably start playing right now. You're gifted, man. I love it. It says, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father and the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of Christ. What that means in a new, fresh way to me is that you care and love the person to your left and right so much. You care for your neighbor so much that you're not speaking falsehoods to them about the gospel. When someone wants to take the gospel and distort it and convert it so it affirms their choices, we're not supposed to go there. That's not love for our brother. It says to submit to one another in fear of Christ. That means, what does this have to do with my identity in the Lord? And we can step back. Many months ago, I said, imagine you're on a couch with Jesus and you're experiencing something. And we can, in an appropriate way, recall that what would Jesus do bracelet? What would Jesus do? What would Jesus say about what's happening right now? because you can have the mind of Christ in any situation. And when you think about it, because of the benchmarks you've experienced, what has brought you here today, the things that you have gone through, you've seen what he's brought you through, he will bring you through everything. That's beautiful.
Ephesians 5.15. I feel like a soundtrack is playing, like James Horner or something. Ephesians 5.15 says this to conclude. Pray careful attention then to how you walk, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time because the days are evil. So don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. And don't get drunk on wine, which leads to reckless living, but be filled by the Holy Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making music with your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of Christ. You are wise people. Because you believe in Jesus, that gift of wisdom is being realized in my life and in your life. As we celebrate those benchmarks, so I encourage you today, take time to reflect on your faith journey. Take time to reflect, to identify those significant moments, whether you're young or old in years, take time to celebrate. We're celebrating two years today. We're celebrating breakthroughs. We're celebrating answered prayers and we're celebrating personal growth. Acknowledge these benchmarks in your life as a sign of God's faithfulness. A sign of God's faithfulness. invite the rest of the worship team actually to come up and join Brad. We want to, I think it's fitting to close off this time together with some celebration. Celebrate something lively, something, something that's really kicking because of what the Lord has done. What the Lord has done. And as they play, think about this for a moment. I'm going to extra innings. <laughs> Brad, you know, he's got the gift on the, on the, the keys and his, and his voice and declaring, and not only singing, he's a worship leader. He's a worship leader. Giving skillfully and playing before the Lord. And the promise of the word is like David who played the harp in the presence of Saul, who was tormented by demons, that when we declare through instruments and stringed lyres, which we have an electric guitar, that when we're lifting up the name of Jesus, those demons have to flee. Those oppressive voices have to flee. And so I'm right here with you this afternoon to believe that the next steps as we move forward, as we're, as we're biblically discerning, prayerfully led by the Spirit of God, that we will be resolved as faithful followers of Jesus Christ, leading people to the transformative hope of the gospel. Amen. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord. The evidence of your work is all around us. Father, thank you for the many milestones, the benchmarks that we've experienced individually and as a corporate body. Lord, your church. Father, I thank you. We celebrate all that you have done. But Lord, we understand from scripture that we cannot live or remain in the past.
can't live or remain or what has occurred and all the amazing things that we've experienced. But God, we're looking forward to what lays ahead. Spirit of God, guide our steps, gird us for action. Thank you that you're pouring out your spirit with all the giftings so that we can do the common good. Thank you, Lord, for the cultivation of your, the fruit, the character of God in our life so that we can properly live out those gifts. Father, I thank you that hope for today represents hope in you, Lord Jesus, for every circumstance, every chapter of our life. For you did not send your son into the world, condemn the world, but that all may be saved through faith in you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you remind us of the importance of that call. Guide us, Jesus, we pray. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand to our feet if we're able and worship the Lord together. i uh-huh. 